Facts Matter, the podcast discussing Michigan public policy through a research lens. Facts Matter is brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, a 104-year-old independent nonprofit research organization that provides unbiased information on the significant issues concerning state and local government organization and finance. Our research can be found at crcmich.org. Now, let's dive into the facts that matter. Welcome to another edition of Facts Matter. My name is Joe Steele. Today we're speaking with Craig Thiel, Research Director at the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. Thanks so much for taking time once again today, Craig. Happy to join you. So as we speak, uh, the legislature is is taking a look at the governor's uh, recommended fiscal year 22 budget. She proposed to the legislature this morning or through her uh, Department um, of Treasury. Um, they're taking a look at it and beginning of the budget process over the course of the summer before the fiscal year ends in September. Uh, you recently wrote a piece which was published in the Detroit News and is still available at crcmich.org, uh, providing a suggestion on what the state should do with a surplus. And the first thing I thought of when I read that piece was the state has a surplus. I think that would be a surprise to, um, to some people across the state given the pandemic that we've been enduring for the last year and the impact that we were told it was having on the economy. So um, we touched on this a little bit in the last podcast as we talked about revenue estimating uh, briefly, but can you explain how we ended up with a surplus in the first place in the middle of this pandemic, just so we know where we're starting off from? Well, that's a good question. And it does seem somewhat um, at least counterintuitive. We're in the middle of a massive recession and the state budget is flush. Um, but you know, there's three main reasons that last year's but state budget, that's the budget that ended last um, September, ended with a substantial year-end uh, balance surplus. And that's because as the t- pandemic hit, one of the factors is as the pandemic hit, um, the revenue estimates um, uh, were really dire. And so, um, That drove budget decisions to cut programs um, as well as make adjustments uh, like drawing dollars down from the rainy day fund to balance the budget. Um, But as, you know, the economy continued to operate under the the strain of the pandemic, what was kind of found out within the, the public sector was that tax revenues really in Michigan weren't being hit as, as hard as people thought. Um, sales and income tax revenues were down, yes, but not to the degree that forecasters had thought in the budget. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is through some fairly um, conservative budgeting practices, uh, as well as the influx of some federal dollars to help patch holes in the state budget from uh, in last year, uh, generated about a $3.7 billion shortfall uh, surplus, I'm sorry, uh, combined between the the state's two major uh, funds, the general fund, the school aid fund. So that 3.7 was uh, available for appropriation for the fiscal year 21 year, the year we're in. And some of it, um, a good portion of it, in fact, hasn't been programmed yet. So the governor who's you know, presenting her her budget that that starts com- this coming October uh, has uh, you know access 
through her budget recommendation to, you know, uh, single, single out, you know, what she wants to use those resources for. And that's what she's done today. Right. So a combination of uh, conservative budgeting in the middle of a pandemic, plus the federal resources that the state received has helped kind of get us to where we are today, where we have this surplus. And your suggestion that you wrote about, uh, again, was published in the Detroit News and is available on the crcmich.org website, is that we use some of the surplus to pay down the state-run school employee pension system. And, and I'm not sure if that's a commonly uh, known phrase or commonly known system around the, um, around the state. So can you explain a little bit what the issue is uh, and well, what it is, what the issue is, and, and why we should, you know, direct some of the surplus money to it. Yeah, so the, the pension system uh, is run by the state of Michigan, and it, it provides uh, uh, pension benefits, as well as retiree health to public school employees, teachers, principals, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not a new problem, the, uh, the debt that it's in. The, in fact, uh, it has a, a, a long string of being in debt for the last uh, 20 some years, in fact. Oh, wow. um, okay. And the, 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 the debt has accumulated um, mainly because the state who runs the system has not put the uh, the money away that it should when it's required to do so. And uh, over time, that debt has uh, compounded. And um, I would say in the last six years, there's been a, a, a serious attempt to get their arms around at least growing the debt and taking care of the existing debt. Uh, debt amount and putting on it on a path a path towards repayment and and those are all um laudatory actions um that have been taken and Mm -hmm. now we think the next step is um to begin the process of chipping away at that um that that principal amount of the the mortgage um to maybe pay it down sooner in in the process of doing that saving some money in the long run now, I want to clarify that uh, you, you noted in the piece that the system, the state owes the system $34 billion uh, more than it has saved, which I thought was a, was a mind-blowingly large number. Um, and you said chip away. So, I mean, last time, you know, 2018, I think it was, you noted they put $200 million into that. That's a small chip into a $34 billion uh, debt. So does that small of a chip away really have that much of an impact on a system that we're talking $34 billion with a B. Right. And, you know, um, you know, you 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 got the scale of the numbers exactly right. You know, the, the, the down payment, the, the, uh, that, you know, we're recommending in that, uh, uh, Detroit News article would would not be on the the scale of billions because it would be more in the hundreds of millions. Um, the question of whether it you know is smart or not, I I, I think is just a, a, an exercise in arithmetic. Um, this is uh, some of the most expensive debt that the state carries. Uh, mm. It basically is charged about six point eight percent per year. Uh, interest on this debt um, and and that 's much more expensive debt than you know other uh, uh, borrowing that the state has done, so the sooner we pay off the more expensive debt, the better um, the question on as to you know 
can you make a mar- a, a sizable reduction? I think that the the reduction uh, b- happens in the out years when you aren't having to pay, you know, those uh, make those payments uh, on the on the debt with the principal and the interest. Instead, you're just basically making a small amount of principal payment. So it's almost as if you're, you're making a, a 13th uh, uh, mortgage payment in a year. And <laughs> right. yeah, it, it marginally changes uh, how much you owe, but it doesn't, it, I mean, the debt itself isn't going away either. Um, it, right. it, it, has a, it has a tendency to stick around. So the sooner you pay it off, the better. Yeah, you, you, you nailed that. I think that's a, that's advice that even household, just everyday households have heard from financial advisors or bankers to say, you know, take your most expensive debt, pay that first if you want to get out of debt, right? And this is, uh, you said the state's most expensive debt. And I see noted here in your piece that interest on this debt is $2.3 billion per year. That's just interest on the debt. Um, right. Which is, again, we're talking large, large numbers, but it is the state is on schedule or scheduled. Uh, I'm not sure what the right phrase is or it, on track to uh, to eliminate this debt in the next uh, by by 2038 if they were continue to pay continue to pay as they are paying now. But the argument is we'd get to pay it down a little bit faster and therefore save money in the long run um, by chipping away at the principal by a couple hundred million dollars when uh, when it's available. Yeah. Or whatever the amount is. And, you know, again, we're we're in a situation where we have a surprise surplus. Um, You know, government has to decide what to do with that. Certainly, there's going to be interests that would like to see the surplus spent in one area and other interests are going to advocate for spending these resources in another area. Some people may advocate for putting some money away. you know, we're merely pointing out that uh, another option is to pay down debts that you've already incurred. Um, you know, keeping in mind that these these debts are um, for you know operational uh, expenses. Basically, these are for uh, benefits that ha- were promised to teachers who served in the classroom. You know, ten, twenty, thirty years ago. Um, right. You know, we simply haven't put enough deferred. Uh, enough savings away to to satisfy the deferred compensation package that we offered them and um so now we're stuck with 33 billion dollars in and you know ious uh, that and the holders of them are uh, public school uh teachers that have retired right remember remember before the pandemic about a year ago uh when the budget was uh proposed uh back then the talk was all about the roads and putting money into the roads and some might argue use this money for the roads but as you point out uh this is money that is committed to and has been committed to and uh uh for people that did serve in the classroom like you said 20 30 years ago um and uh and it could save the state billions of dollars in the long run if it's paid down sooner than that 2038 uh year so i can imagine that there would be folks talking about uh, as you said uh roads and other uh and other issues as the as the budget negotiations go on throughout the throughout the rest of the summer yes no doubt about it that the budget is uh you know full of uh of constituencies uh that support programs um i would just point out that 
generally there's not a constituency for paying down state debt and we've we've kind of taken on that uh that mantle and that flag here yeah it's, i think it's one of those things that doesn't have a constituency because it's not as tangible but certainly as i said something that is committed to by uh by the state. So it's something to keep our eyes on as we go forward through the rest of the summer and they, uh, the legislature in Lansing takes a look at the budget and where they're gonna go in fiscal year 22. But this is an option and something that uh, that can save the money state in the long run. So uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Craig, for your insight on this, something that I don't think everyone's talking about. So uh, something to think about going forward. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you, Craig. Talk to you soon. Along with this podcast, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan produces blogs, research papers, op-eds, and other resources to better inform Michigan citizens and policymakers. As an independent nonprofit, our work is funded by Michigan corporations, foundations, and individuals like yourself. If you like what you've heard, please consider making a donation by visiting crcmich.org and clicking on Get Involved. Thank you for your support.